Welcome to Lessons for Living Television. My name is Bill Santos. Thank you so much for watching. Well, one of my favorite quotes is found in a book that is simply entitled Education, written by E.G. White on page 57. Paragraph 3, here's what she says. The greatest want of the world is the want of men, men who will not be bought or sold, men who in their inmost souls are true and honest, men who do not fear to call sin by its right name, men whose conscience is as true to duty as the needle to the pole, men who will stand for the right though the heavens fall. Well, Daniel, that's the kind of man Daniel was. Of course, when we think of Daniel, you think of a prophet, and many times you think of the lion's den. It seems like Daniel and his friends, well, you're going to find them either in a fiery furnace or in the lion's den. You know, sadly, many people today never have to worry about either the fiery furnace or the lion's den, not because fiery furnaces and lion's den are not around, but because of what you have to do to get into either one of those. You see, the way you get yourself into a fiery furnace is to stand up while the whole world is bowing down. The way to get thrown into a lion's den is to bow down while the whole world is standing up. But today, many people live by the motto, just go along to get along. But that wasn't Daniel. I'm going to invite you to continue our study in the book of Daniel, in Daniel chapter 6, beginning at verse 1. We read, It pleased Darius to set over the kingdom 120 officials, so that they would be over the whole kingdom, and over them three presidents, of whom Daniel was first, so that the officials might give accounts to them, and the king not suffer loss. Then this Daniel was preferred above the presidents and officials because an excellent spirit was in him and the king thought to set him over the whole realm. Then the presidents and the officials sought to find occasion against Daniel concerning the kingdom, but they couldn't find no occasion or fault because he was faithful, nor was there any error or fault found in him. Then these men said... We shall not find any occasion against this Daniel unless we find it against him concerning the law of his God. You see, Daniel was only one of three men to be made governors over the entire kingdom. Now the king, it says, was about to make him the prime minister over all of the government. But then, well, that old green-eyed monster called jealousy begins to rear its ugly head. You know, Shakespeare once wrote that jealousy is a poison more deadly than a mad dog's tooth. So they began to use a telescope and they watched him from afar and they used a microscope to examine his, his life right close up. And you see, they felt, well, because they were crooked people working in a crooked place, well, that Daniel, he must be crooked also. But when all was said and done, they could find no skeleton in his closet. There were no cooked books, no secret bank accounts, no crooked tax returns, no mistress on the side. There would be no scandal. Now, let's just remind ourselves that at this point, Daniel, well, he's about 90 years old. 
I mean, to put it simply, Daniel practiced what he preached. And since these men could not find anything wrong with Daniel's character, they decided they would come up with a plan B. And that's exactly what they did. Beginning at verse 6, we read, Then these presidents and officials assembled together to the king and said to him, King Darius, live forever. All the presidents of the kingdom, the governors and the officials, the counselors and the captains, have consulted together to establish a royal statute, a statute to make a firm decree that whoever shall ask a petition of any god or man for 30 days, save you, O king, shall be cast into the den of lions. Now, O king, establish the decree and sign the writing that it not be changed according to the law of the Medes and Persians, which may not be altered. Therefore, King Darius signed the writing, even the decree. You see, the rule in Babylon was the king is the law, but in Medo-Persia, the rule was the law is king. Once a law was passed, it could not be revoked. So now, a law has become a trap. And these men knew that Daniel's doom was now a done deal. What was Daniel to do? After all, this is now the law of the land. Verse 10, we read, Now when Daniel knew that the writing was signed, he went into his house, and his windows being open in his chamber toward Jerusalem, he kneeled on his knees three times a day and prayed, and gave thanks before his God as he had been doing previously. You see, this was not an act of defiance as much as it was an act of discipline. For Daniel, prayer was a holy habit. It was as natural for Daniel to pray three times a day as it was for him to eat three times a day. Daniel would defy the law and he would rather than deny the Lord. Now somebody says to me, doesn't the Bible say you are to render to Caesar that which is Caesar's? Well, yes. And you are to render to God that which is God's. Now, do you know what the difference is? The difference is this. You are to render to God everything, but you are only to render to Caesar what God tells you to render and what God allows you to render. There is a limit to the authority of the government, but there is no limit to the authority of God. Daniel believed in God. Therefore, Daniel believed in prayer. And because he believed in both, he's not about to give up either one. Now, it would have been much more convenient for Daniel to compromise. I mean, Daniel could even have rationalized. He could have said, well, you know, I'll just go ahead and pray in secret. I'll just pray silently. He could have said, you know, I really must obey the ones who in this country have authority over me. Or he could have just said, you know, I haven't missed praying for almost 80 years. So if I don't pray for 30 days, I mean, what's the big deal? But Daniel had decided that he would rather die for a conviction than live by a compromise. 
you know, I, I read this old adage the other day. Here's what it said. It said, when wealth is lost, nothing is lost. When health is lost, something is lost. But when character is lost, everything is lost. You see, Daniel's mind was made up. He might lose his job. He might lose his family. He might even lose his life. But he would not compromise his conviction and as a result, lose his character. Let's continue down to verse 11. Then these men assembled and found Daniel praying and making supplication before his God. Then they came near and spoke before the king concerning the king's decree. Have you not signed a decree that every man who asks a petition of any God or man within 30 days save of you, O king, shall be cast into the den of lions? The king answered and said, The thing is true according to the law of the Medes and the Persians, which may not be altered. Then they answered and said before the king, That Daniel, who is of the sons of the captivity of Judah, does not regard you, O king, or the decree that you have signed, but makes his petition three times a day. So the accusers, they come before the king, and they remind him of this decree that he has signed. It's then that Darius realized what these men have done. He's deeply grieved because he knows that he's fallen into a trap. Verse 14. Then the king, when he heard these words, was sorely displeased with himself and set his heart on Daniel to deliver him. And he labored until sunset to deliver him. Then these men came by agreement to the king and said to the king, Know, O king, that it is the law of the Medes and Persians that no decree or statute which the king establishes may be changed. You know, all day long the king labors. He's, he's hoping to find a way out. He's consulting with the lawyers. He's consulting with the politicians, but no success. The statute could not be changed. Or no favoritism could be shown to Daniel. The king is bound by his own law. So Daniel now is arraigned before Darius. Verse 16. Then the king commanded and they brought Daniel and cast him into the den of lions. Now the king spoke and said to Daniel, Your God, whom you serve continually, he will deliver you. A stone was brought and laid upon the mouth of the den, and the king sealed it with his own signet and with the signet of his lords, so that nothing might be changed concerning Daniel. It takes courage to walk into the lion's den. You notice Daniel has this quiet courage about him. Evidently, he never said a word. He didn't say anything to the king. Well, because he didn't have to. You see, because all of this time, he's been talking to the king of kings. Someone has defined courage as fear that has said its prayers. Maybe Daniel remembered Proverbs chapter 3, verse 25 and 26, which says, Do not be afraid of sudden terror, nor of trouble from the wicked when it comes 
For the Lord will be your confidence and will keep your foot from being caught. Well, maybe he did. I don't know. Here's one thing I know. He didn't go limping into that lion's lair. He didn't go in with fear. He went leaping into the lion's den with faith. Now, let me state the obvious. God did not save Daniel from the lion's den. He saved him in the lion's den and brought him through the lion's den. Don't think it's strange if all of a sudden you find yourself thrown into a lion's den. And These days, the way things are right now, we ought to think it's strange if we're not thrown into the lion's den. Martin Niemuller was a prominent Protestant pastor. He emerged as a very outspoken public foe of Adolf Hitler. And as a result, he spent the last seven years of Nazi rule in a concentration camp. Niemuller is perhaps best remembered for the following quotation. First, they came for the socialists. And I did not speak out because I was not a socialist. Then they came for the trade unionists. And I did not speak out because I was not a trade unionist. Then they came for the Jews. And I did not speak out because I was not a Jew. Well, then they came for me. And there was no one left to speak for me. So he's there. He's sitting in his jail cell. The prison chaplain comes to visit him and sits down with him and says to him, Brother Martin, why are you in this jail cell? To which Martin Neimuller replied, Brother, why are you not in this jail cell? You see, there's hardly a person anywhere who has ever heard of Daniel and the lion's den that doesn't know the conclusion of the story. Verse 18. Then the king went to his palace and passed the night fasting, and no instruments of music were brought before him, and his sleep fled from him. Then the king arose very early in the morning and went in haste to the den of the lions. And when he came to the den, he cried with a voice full of sorrow to Daniel. And the king spoke and said, Daniel, Servant of the living God, has your God, whom you serve continually, been able to deliver you from the lions? Then Daniel said to the king, O king, live forever. My God has sent his angel and has shut the lions' mouths so that they have not hurt me because innocence was found in me before him and also before you, O king. I have done no harm. Then the king was exceedingly glad for him and commanded that they take Daniel out of the den. So Daniel was taken up out of the den and no manner of harm was found on him because he believed in his God. When Daniel went into the lion's den, the lions started to roar. But an angel came and shut their mouths. You know, the 34th Psalm, verse 7 says, The angel of the Lord camps around those who fear him and delivers them. You see, while the king was worrying, his enemies were partying. 
And through this whole thing, Daniel is sleeping the whole night through right there in the den with the lions. When the first ray of sunlight comes through the king's window, he, he runs to the den of the lions. He rolls away the stone. He looks in and there's Daniel. There was only one reason why Daniel was not harmed. Verse 23 said, So Daniel was taken up out of the den, and no manner of harm was found on him because he believed in his God. You know, the name Daniel means God is my judge. God was his source. God was his safety. God was his security. Now, verses 24 through 28 tell us that Daniel was vindicated and that Daniel was elevated. Here's what it says. Then the king commanded, and they brought those men who had accused Daniel, and they cast them into the den of lions, them, their children, and their wives. And the lions overpowered them and broke all their bones in pieces before they came to the bottom of the den. Then King Darius wrote, To all peoples, nations, and languages that dwell on all the earth, peace be multiplied unto you. I make a decree that in every dominion of my kingdom men are to fear and tremble before the God of Daniel, for he is the living God, enduring forever. His kingdom shall never be destroyed and his dominion shall be forever. He delivers and rescues, and he works signs and wonders in heaven and on earth, who has delivered Daniel from the power of the lions. So this Daniel prospered in the reign of Darius and in the reign of Cyrus the Persian. You know, Listen, let, let me just say this. We don't need to be looking for lion's dens. But then on the other hand, we don't need to be running from them either. I don't know exactly who wrote these words that I'm about to read. But they certainly could have been written by Daniel himself. It says, I am part of the fellowship of the unashamed. I have the Holy Spirit's power. The die has been cast. I have stepped over the line. The decision has been made. I am a disciple of Jesus Christ. I won't look up, let up, slow down, back away or be still. My past is redeemed. My present makes sense. And my future is secure. I'm finished and done with low living, sight walking, small planning, Smooth knees, colorless dreams, tame visions, mundane talking, chintzy giving, and dwarf goals. I no longer need preeminence, prosperity, position, promotions, plaudits, or popularity. I don't have to be right, first, tops, recognized, praised, regarded, or rewarded. I now live by presence, lean by faith, loved by patience, and am lifted by prayer, and labor by power. My pace is set, my gate is fast, my goal is heaven, my road is narrow, and my way is rough. My companions are few, my guide reliable, 
my mission is clear. I cannot be bought, compromised, detoured, lured away, turned back, diluted or delayed. I will not flinch in the face of sacrifice, hesitate in the presence of adversity, negotiate at the table of the enemy, ponder at the pool of popularity, or meander in the maze of mediocrity. I won't give up, back up, let up, or shut up until I've preached up, prayed up, stored up, and stayed up for the cause of Christ. I am a disciple of Jesus Christ. I must go until heaven returns, give until I drop, preach until all know, and work until he comes. And when he comes to get his own, he will have no trouble recognizing me because my banner will be clear. If you adopt that as your creed today, I'm going to guarantee you two things. Whenever there is a lion's den in your future, you'll walk into it with faith. And you'll learn to sleep with lions without ever being harmed. Let us pray. Our gracious God and loving Heavenly Father, thank you for the assurance that wherever we go, you go with us that you will see us through the den of the lions. You will see us through the fiery furnace. And in the end, we will be exalted and elevated and share an eternity with you. Please bless each and every viewer, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, those of you that have been watching us for some time, you know that at every program we like to offer you a gift, a resource, something that you can add to your spiritual library. And today is no exception. I have for you a little book here written by a pastor by the name of uh, Alejandro Bullion. And the book is called The Only Hope. It's a small little book. You can probably read it in one sitting, but it's an excellent resource for you. And we'd like you to have it. It's a gift from us at Lessons for Living Television, free of charge, no obligation whatsoever on your part. If you'd like to request this book, here is the information you need. To receive today's free offer, you can log on to the Lessons for Living Television website, www.l4ltv.com. That's the Lessons for Living Television website, www.l4ltv.com. You can also write us at Post Office Box 27030, Simcoe Conlon Post Office, Oshawa, Ontario, L1G 0A3. And we would be happy to send the offer out to you. That's Post Office Box 27030, Simcoe Conlon Post Office, Oshawa, Ontario, L1G 0A3. If you live in Canada, this offer will be sent out to you free and postage paid. For viewers living outside of Canada, shipping charges will apply. If you wish, you could order this offer by calling our 1-800 number and speaking with one of our volunteers at 1-800-972-0337. 1-800-972-0337. Operators are standing by now. While on our website, you can leave a prayer request, and if impressed to do so, donate to help keep this ministry on the air. 
Thank you for your support. Well, we've come to the end of another Lessons for Living television program. Uh, let me thank you, uh, first of all, for joining us. We appreciate you tuning in uh, every week. Um, let your friends know about the program. If you, if you happen to miss the program, you know, all of the previous programs are available on our website at l4ltv.com. You just click on the previous programs tab. You can go back the two years that we've been on the air and uh, you can see any of the programs. They're also available on our YouTube channel uh, also. The easiest way to access it is through the website at l4ltv.com. While on the website, a couple of other things there that uh, you can uh, see. Uh, you can request the gifts that we offer through the website under the free offer tab. There's a tab that says live appearances. So if you want to know where I will be appearing live, you just click on that one and it'll have the dates and the locations. There's Google Maps there so that you can uh, come out to any of the events I may be doing live. And then there's a Donate Today tab where you can make a donation online uh, via credit card or interact debit uh, to help the ministry stay on the air. And let me thank those of you that do that or send your checks in to us. Uh, we truly appreciate that. And I want you to know that every penny that you send to the ministry goes directly to the ministry. Not a penny of it comes to pay any salary for me or anything for me. It goes to paying the airtime, the studio time, you know, the gifts we give out, you know, the mailing, you know, the stamps, all of that. Everything associated with ministry, it's committed to that. So if you can donate to help us stay on the air, to continue preaching this gospel, which has to be preached to the entire world, then please do that. If you just like to send in a check, make your check out to Lessons for Living Television. And the address is right there on the website. It's, it's uh, Post Office Box 27030, Simcoe Conlon Post Office, Oshawa, Ontario, L1G. 0A3. And I'm almost positive they put that up on the screen so you can see that. So you can make a note of that. Another website I'd like you to um, be aware of is our Mission Now Canada website, missionnowcanada.com. That's the part of our ministry that deals, that does humanitarian work overseas. And we do trips all over the world. And you can go on the website, you can see where we've been, you can find out where the next trip is happening. You can join our mailing list and we'll keep you up to speed on the developments. And maybe you want to join us on one of these mission trips overseas. It's a great, great, great opportunity. And everybody that goes on those trips, you know, says to me at the end of the trip, thank you so much for coming, letting us come and what a blessing it was. A couple of other things before I go. If you have a prayer request or you want to contact me directly, you can email me at bill at l4ltv.com. That email comes directly to me. Follow me on Instagram. Every day on Instagram, I post a little one minute just video clip. And so at, you can follow me at Santos underscore Bill on Instagram, on Twitter, our Facebook page, and you can get access to all of these materials. Those little one minute clips, we send them out every day. They're only a minute long. And it's just a great way to start your day off focused on a different aspect of God's Word that serves to strengthen us and guide us in every step of the way. Well, I'm uh, rapidly running out of time. Let me thank you again for tuning in. Let your friends know. Lift up our ministry in your prayers, if you will. 
And I hope we have the opportunity to do this again real soon next time. Until we have the opportunity to speak once again, I'll be praying that God blesses you. We'll see you again here real soon.